Thank you for tuning in to Verbal Assault Livestream. I am your host, Marquis Devereaux, and we are coming to you with a political podcast. No nonsense, no filter, no kidding. I have a panel full of experts and some of them not so expert, but that's okay. We'll talk about that later. I'd like to just remind everyone that whether you're listening to us on Spotify, Google Play, uh, let me correct myself, Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, we are on 14 different podcasts. You can also uh, contribute by uh, going to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Vimeo, YouTube, Snapchat, as well as TikTok. And for those of you that want to be on the panel, you can go to Gmail, castcrew212 at Gmail, and let us know that you'd like to be part of the panel. Right now, due to the corona outbreak, we are recording remotely, and I have a panel full of guests. I'd like to, first of all, introduce Brian Parker. Brian Parker is from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. He is a parent. He leans left, and he is a person that calls out the BS. How are you, Brian Parker? I'm good. How are you doing, my friend? Excellent, excellent. I'd like to go ahead and introduce our new co-host. He is a Trumpocrat. That means that he leans right. One day he calls himself a Democrat. He sometimes thinks he's a Republican, but he definitely voted for Trump if he lived in the United States, but he did not. Hello, Sam. How are you, Samuel Kachera? I do great today. How is everybody? We are quite well here on Verbal Assault live stream. And I have a person who is ran, running for the New York State Assembly. From what I understand, it's the 44th District. He is an adjunct professor, and he's also an attorney. I'd like to welcome Mr. Craig Schley to the line. Hello, Mr. Schley. How are you? How are you doing? Just to let you know, that's, a, 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 that's the 70th Assembly District of New York in Harlem. So Thank Harlem. you. Thank you, Central Harlem. That's a very good thing to know. Now, um, Ms. Mr. Slave, from what I understand, you are running on the Democratic ticket, correct? Okay, great. Uh, I'd like to go ahead and introduce my next panelist. His name is Mr. Rob Arnold. Rob Arnold is a relative to Samuel Adams of uh, the beer fame, Samuel Adams Beer in Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts. Samuel Adams is also related to uh, the former presidents John Adams and John Quincy Adams. And he is also the host of Political Firestorm, which we'll be re-recording soon. Hello, Rob Arnold, how are you feeling today? Oh, isolated. Uh, I'm fine and well there. Cherry on a pit pit. Isolated, huh? I could think of a few other things, but uh, we're going to move on to our next panelist. From what I understand, he is well known in the Jersey antique circles. He is uh, a person who knows his trade quite well. And when he goes to bid on furnishings, he has to hide because once people see him put in a bid, they know they've got a hit on his their hands. He is a person that is also an owner of an apple orchard. Rob, what is your last name? I'm, I'm sorry, um, Bill, what is your last name? Because I don't have your last name in front of me. 
Okay, I see that Bill has suddenly stepped away. So we're going to go ahead to our next person. And I am going to go ahead and introduce uh, Evan. Evan is a person who has worked in journalism. He calls himself a leftist. And surprisingly, he is always able to cut through the right rhetoric. How are you feeling today, Mr. Evan Engel? You know, blessed, but also stressed. How are you doing, Marquis? <laughs> I'm not doing bad at all. Of course, I came onto this program about seven or eight minutes late. That's what happens when you get a New York City subway system that is just way behind schedule. I'd also like to say hello to um, Nurka Encarnacion, who works in the fashion industry. What she tells me is that she was originally born in Santo Domingo. She is a U.S. citizen, first generation, and she is what we call this generation's Erin Brockovich. She does her research, and she comes to the table with facts and figures. Miss Encarnacion, how are you doing today? Not badly at all. It, 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 I guess it takes a minute with this uh, sound delay. I'd like to now go ahead into our discussion, guys. I hope I'm not speaking too fast, but if I am, you just send me a message and slow me down a bit. Today's topic is real estate and the New York City hospital conversions. Uh, many years ago here in New York City, we had um, several hospitals that were converted to uh to various uses uh one of the most famous ones is saint vincent's in the village which was uh converted into luxury condos we also have north general hospital which became a city elder care facility and then we have um sonnenheim which also became an elder care facility uh christine quinn was a council speaker and she is one of the people that actually approved this conversion. So uh, the conversation is going to involve real estate and um, healthcare. Because of the fact that right now we have the coronavirus going on and we're finding that we have a shortage of hospital beds. So my first question is, um, big pharma and real estate, um, who is who is more powerful right now? Um, Brian Parker, I know that we tried to record this show yesterday, and I started the first question off with you, and I'd like to go ahead and ask you that question again. Um, I was saying that uh, there's so much real estate right now. I mean, there's not a lot of affordable housing if we're talking about real estate that way. But as far as uh, big pharma, I was trying to say yesterday is, is that Everyone keeps talking about prescription reform and things like that, but it's more of a stump speech than anything that actually ever happened. So I would say as of right now, to me, Big Pharma is still uh, king of the hill because they're not as regulated as they should be. Wow. Okay. So as a Democrat, you were saying that Big Pharma or the medical industry needs to be regulated. Now, I'd like to move this conversation to Sam. Sam, you are an independent that leans right. I, I tease you and call you a Trumpocrat. When you hear regulation, what immediate, immediately comes to mind for you as an entrepreneur? Well, doing business, I'm just a little guy compared to big pharma, definitely. Um, but um, so regulation means tighter controls or a little bit more oversight or a little bit more responsibility, uh, being responsible. So, and yes, yeah, go on, go on. I was going to ask you, do you have an issue as a right leaning person when you hear the word regulation? 
when it comes to the medical care and big pharma? Not at all. For example, when I was overseas and I saw Filipinos uh, training to become nurses and then then they get exported and come here to the U.S. and they're working. Personally, I would not like to be in a hospital and, and, and be seen by a Filipino because their training is substandard. So, yes, Whoa, regulation okay. is very important. That's a strong statement. Oh, okay. And you're saying this as a person who does business in the Philippines. So when you're, when you're seeing a Filipino in a hospital, that's making you feel uncomfortable. That is correct. Wow. Strong statement. Okay. Mr. Can I, can I for a second? Actually, yes. Go ahead, Kevin, jump in. thank you. So, uh, so it just so happens that my fiance is Filipino and her sister is a doctor Woo. in London, in London. Awesome. Okay. And, uh, and they are currently, they've just, she's in, she's an ear, nose, throat doctor. And they just, uh, put her on the Corona ward there. As you know, London's having, you know, a severe problem with this too. They are giving this woman all the shifts they can. They are throwing her on the front line of this. And she says, why, why are you doing me? And, and they're telling her, they say, it's because you are the best doctor we have in this ward. And her peers, her peers are, are supporting her in this. Awesome. Uh, this idea that, that Filipino, I don't even know how we got here when we're talking about real estate, but this idea that somehow Filipino medical training is substandard, I think is, uh, is pretty easily refuted. Okay, you're saying that from the U.S. perspective. He's saying that more from the Asian perspective, having done business in the country. So maybe that's where some of the discrepancy is. Um, and Evan, I'm glad you brought up the real estate thing again. The fact that we have a uh, New York Assembly candidate on the line um, tells me that um, we need to move the conversation over to Mr. Craig Schley. Mr. Schley, when we had you online yesterday before we were having technical difficulties, you said that one of the reasons you decided to run for office is because your constituents said housing, housing, housing. So I know that you live in central Harlem, and I also know that um, two of the hospitals that I mentioned are in central Harlem, North General, uh, which has now become an elder care facility, as well as the Sondheim Hospital. What is your thought on, um, on the whole medical industry and real estate sort of working hand in hand in that case in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and now we're having a shortage of hospital beds. What is your thought on this whole thing? Well, first, I want to tell you that that came from a, um, a survey we took in the, in the district, and our district is so-called gentrified, but it's not. Central Harlem is primarily, it's 133,000 people, about 69,000 uh, black, uh, maybe about 15,000 whites, 32,000 Hispanic, and, and, and a mixture of others. And diverse. among that, we can certainly right, say it's diverse. Right. And that's just Central Harlem. That's not the city council. That's like Central Harlem from 110 to 144th. But, you know, Harlem expands outwardly. I'm just talking about the, the dense bullseye. And they said across the board, uh, even, even people that own property, Renting the, the the ability to rent space, meaning your apartment or 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 small businesses, and that's it. And quite frankly, in the United States, there's only two two forms of businesses. It's it's property. Everything uh, that has to do with the Constitution has to do with property, and also insurance of that property. They go hand in glove. And I will say that Malcolm X said that the um uh. uh Land is the material basis for all economic and political wealth in the United States. And that's worldwide. So, yes, it's housing. It's going to be that way and always will be, I think. 
Well, you you know, one of the one of the things I wanted to get your opinion on was the fact that these two hospitals, uh, I would say they're in your district, have been converted into residences. And now that we have, well, one is one is a care facility and one is a residence. Um, mm -hmm. But now that we have an issue with a shortage of hospital beds, what goes through your mind, being that this is in your district? Well, the general, the North General one is out of the district. The way it's the way it's uh you know way that the line is drawn, but I understand. I got the point. Um, first of all, you know w the people up here was opposing it, you know, that because they, they they didn't necessarily make low income housing, they didn't make it affordable unless you're going to do something that's in need. It really didn't benefit other, other benefit the people other than those that were investing in that development. Now, as far as insurance, uh, excuse me, the hospital is concerned, you got you got to remember now. This country, you know, it's pay to play. We don't, we do not have a a, a socialist society at all, and, and this uh, the Affordable Care Act doesn't provide for it, and they don't invest in it. So we're not, wow. as a nation, going to invest in anything that has to do with the people's welfare, be it their health or their living accommodation. So the approach to it is always going to be property first, especially in wow. Manhattan, where you have more millionaires per square mile than anywhere else in the United States, in the world, actually. Okay, you've made a very good point, And you mentioned two key words, you said pay to play. And you've also said socialist. Um, I'm going to move the conversation over to Rob, because I know that uh, Rob Arnold leans right. And for the right, when you hear the word socialist, all of a sudden, the uh, it's like, uh, what do we call that? Uh, brim and firestone or fire and brimstone i don't even know rob arnold when you hear socialists and you hear pay to play people often people often associate these words with the republican party and sort of as a way to antagonize them what what, what are you thinking when you hear this we we right now are not prepared um and and craig schley uh, the candidate for the assembly district in harlem is saying we have not invested as a nation in medical, um, meaning that that's the reason why we don't have enough beds. Oh, uh, sorry about that. Well, first yeah. off, I don't think I don't think that uh, that Craig was saying it in an anti, um, and you know, in a way to uh, antagonize an antagonist. But, Craig, but it, um, he was saying that it's not socialism. I would uh, I would say he's incorrect. That when you when you have um, the government taking control. You take something as complicated as human health and you throw into that thousands and thousands of pages of legalese, then you're going to wind up with a with a big, fat, hairy mess. Obamacare or this so-called Affordable Health Care Act uh, wreaked havoc on the middle class. It decimated the middle class. Mm -hmm. uh, you saw premiums go through the roof, co-pays, medical, uh, you know, the uh, medicines, uh, the cost of those, everything skyrocketed for the middle class. What we can do is just maybe expand on Medicaid, which is in and of itself something of a socialistic program. The final note I would make is clearly we're not a socialist country, but we do have socialist elements and the government is there to help the people. It's of, by and for. So it's all, you know, my libertarian friends heads explode when I say this, but it is of, by and for. And so we're going to have some socialistic elements like Medicare, Medicaid, welfare, food stamps. 
uh, all that stuff is just there to help the people. And it should be uh, not a way of life, but a second chance, things like welfare. Uh, but I don't think Craig meant that in an, antagonist, in an antagonistic way. Uh, but I think he's wrong. It is socialist uh, uh, for sure. What Obama was trying to do with our health care uh, was very, very socialist. Yes. Well, I, well, I don't know what. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Craig Slade. Go ahead. Let me know. I, 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 I definitely wasn't being trying to be antagonistic, but it was, as a matter of fact, uh, when we talk about. Hey, Craig, if you can move a little bit closer to your mic, just so we can get um, more of what you're saying. I don't saying. know. Is this any better or worse? Yes, it's worse? better. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, as, a, as a matter, putting it in a context, not a theory, you know, the, the Obamacare is not a socialist piece. You have to put your money into it. A socialist piece would be something like what we call public, public education. That's the only thing you get here for free. From, from from kindergarten up to the 12th grade, you get that for free. That's the only thing you get for free. Uh, you, no one buys property. No one invests in business with their own money. It's not, it's just, we don't do that. The government provides that just like the, the, the this healthcare is not free. We buy into it. And as, as we regarding, regarding a, a right or left, I don't speak in those terms. I, just, I try to speak in the terms of what we, how the reality is. And the reality is uh, Obama's, I was opposed to forcing anybody by anything private, which Obama was forcing. And it was a Republican exactly. appointed. It was a Republican appointed uh, Supreme Court Justice John Roberts wrote the decision stating, hey, you can't do this, but here's a way you can do it, which you do right. it through the taxes. So so if we if we actually talking about, you know, left and right, they both screwed us. Uh, okay. Us. Okay. So, 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 Craig Schley, maybe, maybe you're really an independent running on the Democratic ticket. And no, I'm an independent thinking ready. person. I'm an independent uh, thinking you. person. Hey, Marquis, can I throw something in there? Um, you know, Rob, I'd like to just to hold on for one second because okay. you mentioned two words that I think are trigger words. You mentioned havoc and you mentioned decimated. Um, Evan <laughs> has mentioned that he, um, his fiance, works in the medical field. And um, the word her sister. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I stand corrected. Your sister. Um, and his fiance's sister. His, <laughs> it's okay. And I don't know. Okay, great. You know, his, his, his first cousin once removed. There you go. Fiance's cousin's landlord's daughter. Like, right yeah, on, you know. Right My right a relative with the sister of your father's only brother, B. Okay, so what I'm hearing in the conversation is Rob said, you know, Obamacare would have created havoc and would have decimated. Did. But you know, in New York City, I'm reading about trailers filled with dead bodies. And I just saw one today. You saw one. I, I live a block from a hospital. Yeah, they, they set up the trailer. They've got a it's a long white trailer. It's refrigerated. They have the, they, they built a ramp out of what looks just like like plywood and two by fours. And they're uh, I'm sure if I hang out there long enough, I'll see them wheel somebody up, wow. up there. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I live three blocks. My down question the is, yeah. have you seen anybody be wheeled? I have not. I have not. But I'm not. I'm not spending a lot of time outside that hospital. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Rob, you said you wanted to ask a question. Let's jump back. Well, to I you. wanted to just add to what Craig said. Um, uh, John Roberts, the uh, Chief Justice. Here's his exact quote. He said, "It is not up to the High Court to protect the citizens from the consequences of their voting actions." What he was trying to say there is if you vote for this guy, Barack Obama, for a second term, 
there are going to be severe consequences, as in Obamacare. And he was trying to tell the electorate. And so he was he was just being too clever by half. So at the end of the day, Craig is right. They both screwed us because wow. that was just too clever by half. It went over people's heads. He was trying to tell people, don't vote for Obama for the second term. This thing's going to come at you like a boomerang. Wow. Stick in your I don't head. know. I don't know if I read that into it that much, but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and move the next question over uh, over to Miss Incarcin- Incarnacion. And my question is, um, you have done research in regards to housing. You have uncovered a lot of things that are happening in New York that are just not standing very well. Um, I'd like to ask you, as a mother, um, from what I understand, you're a mother that does homeschooling. You have a very intelligent daughter. Um, I'd like to ask you, does one deserve medical care and a roof over their heads? And should they be invested in? And explain your point of view, please. Okay. Um, I want to start off by saying that Obamacare is a 2,000-page contract that I did not I did not sign into it just because you have to read a contract before you get into it. And it being alone 2,000 pages, what were you getting into? I didn't know. So I ended up paying um, out of my taxes a penalty for not signing up for Obamacare. So that sounds to me like socialist because <laughs> actually you're forced to do something that the government is telling you to do. So back to your, to your question. Um, as far as healthcare, um, I come from, I come, like I said to you, I come from the Dominican Republic and I am from a tribe. And it, when it comes to healthcare, I stick to the old um, ancestry way to take care of yourself. I watch what I eat, I so make let, sure that I have my vitamins, you, my you, minerals. So I definitely do not sign okay. into healthcare. Very seldom, I Okay, think. so when you say tribe, do you mean Native American? No, Native Dominican, like Dominican. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. But we 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 know we we know that um we know that people on the island of Hispaniola are mixed with um uh, you know uh, African European and some Native. So I wasn't sure which end right. you were referring to, but putting them all together, I got you. Okay. Craig Schley, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna address this question to you. I know you are short on time. I've been reminded quite a few times. Um, my next question is: um, In Boston, there's an issue with uh, universities moving and overtaking uh, poor neighborhoods. In New York, we have an issue which is real estate overall. In San Francisco, we know it's the tech industry that kind of moves in and takes over. And in Miami, we know it's tourism with the hotels. Um, do you think this is something that we can handle from a government end or, or what, what do you think we need to do since you're running for office? What, what, what do you see is the big concern here? You mentioned earlier pay to play. For, first, to address the supposition of your, of your statement about the schools uh, taking over you know, the, the minority communities or poor communities, if you realize the Ivy League institutions, which are uh, the first eight schools all had uh, was supported by slavery and that slave population had to be around the school. So, you know, that that's why you have, and if you've noticed, they're all connected to poor communities because of that. Um, uh, as it relates to moving, moving forward as a, as a, as a, as a practice, 
you know, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it will depend upon what the, that community is all about. Like, for instance, if you had a, an affluent community and you had an affluent college there or where they have a lot of resources, well, it wouldn't matter what that district did because it could provide for its desire and needs. I'm going to move the next question over to uh, Evan. Evan, um, we we haven't heard a lot from you today, and I'd like to know um, how is this current balance affecting your daily life? You live with a medical uh, well. There's an association with a medical care provider. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, relationship going on there, and I'm not sure I processed everything. Uh, the same way I'm not processing some of our technical difficulties today. But how is this affecting um, your daily life? Daily life, you know, I'm I'm as isolated as probably all of us are. Uh, but you know, on the topic of real estate, which I, I think is how we started today's conversation, for my daily life, the thing that that really would make a difference is rent relief. You know, we've, we've put a pause on mortgages. We've put a pause on student loans. And I think those are, those are good things to do. It's weird that we haven't extended those out to people who pay rent. Uh, it's weird that we, that we said, Oh, if you own your home and you, and you owe money to a bank, don't worry about paying that right now. That's fine. But if you rent from somebody, you still owe them money. uh, According to there's some information coming out that uh, evictions have been put on freeze, but the uh, evictions have been put on freeze. Sure, okay, that's but good. not the amount due that hasn't been put on freeze. So people are still expecting to be paid. Your cell phone bill is still due. Um, you know, one of the questions I brought up earlier in the week involved infrastructure, and one of the things that you know the subject today was in regards to real estate and hospital conversions. I've heard absolutely no conversation about building permanent medical facilities. We're seeing urgent care. We're seeing, you know, the uh, medical vans. We're seeing pop-ups in Central Park. We're turning convention centers into medical facilities. But what happens moving forward? Brian, I'd like to go ahead and let you take this question. I believe that Rob is going to, um, um, I'm sorry, not Brian, Rob. Um, Rob is going to chime in a little bit later. Brian, you're on the line, correct? I'm here. Okay, great. I want you to go ahead and chime in on that. Um, have you heard anything um, from your left lean about medical facilities being built? I mean, we're going to need hospital beds in the future if we're always having to worry about germ warfare. Well, yeah and no. You know, the thing is, is and uh, Governor slash President Cuomo uh, made a very interesting point. Um, Did you say governor slash president, meaning that you would like him to run for president? No, no, oh, no, 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 no. I, I want him to stay in New York as long as possible. It just seems that uh, if I had to think about uh, who's seen more presidential right now, I would have to give the nod to uh, Andy. But in any way, I'm sure Sam likes that comment. Oh, well, you know, really? <laughs> a lot of times when you want to learn how to do something, you go on YouTube and you watch a tutorial. So I suggest your uh, dude at 1600 Pennsylvania does the same. Wow. Okay. Let's take um, that. And I don't know if Rob is on the line, but I know that he's going to have some comments. Yeah. If, if, if I mean, I mean, for, what in tarnation? You know, you know, you know, if you have to complain, I mean, if you have to sit there and brag about your ratings, then you're probably not that good. So Cuomo didn't have wow. to do that. Anyway, wow. Um, but, Marty, but what, what, what Cuomo had said was, is he said, you got to remember the way hospitals are built and the way that they maintain is, is that they are their business. So 
they, they have enough beds to accommodate what, what normal traffic would be. We all understand that this pandemic is something that yes, could potentially happen in the future. It's not about overbuilding hospital beds. You know, I'm in the hotel business and an empty hotel don't make anybody any money. And the same thing with a hospital is that you develop according to the demand. You build based on demand. You build your infrastructure based on demand too. So if we do need to address this in the future, hopefully we'll have a president in place that won't spend a month calling it a hoax and everything else. Wow. And have, wow. uh, we'll have contingency plans set up because all you basically got to do is say, what did he do? Do the opposite and we'll be a whole lot further ahead of the game. That's just plain so damn Okay, Rob, hold on. Let me bring the conversation back. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm now gonna jump the question over to Sam. Sam Nurka mentions that she homeschools, and from what I'm hearing, she also home remedies. Um, you're someone that's part Native American, and you've also lived in China. And we know that the Chinese practice a lot of Eastern medicine. Has this uh, pandemic? Um, and, you know, I guess the question I'm trying to ask, I, I I was asking about whether we should be building more hospitals, but has this pandemic made you approach medical care differently? Are you considering more home care and homeopathic remedies? Go ahead, Sam. I have um, nearly 30 years as a massage therapist, and I know the body very well. Um I agree with Nyorka. I agree with home remedies. I agree with Mother Nature. Um, I also agree with not taking vaccines um, unless absolutely necessary, which probably is not. Um, I understand the virus. I understand the colds. Um, in terms of building hospitals, more hospitals, look, we need more. We, we definitely need to be up on the healthcare. Um, I, I, I would love to see a balance between um, natural, uh, homeop homeopathic, and allopathic. I'd love to see a nice um, balance okay. there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, I, I'm going to move this question over to Brian. Brian, you can hear me, correct? I can. Okay. I'm having a great day today, as you can see. Yep. Um, do you do you personally have any um, any reservations? about getting medical care in, at facilities in the current state? Yes. Um, you know, you, you walk in for the medical care, but you're also exposing yourself to everything that's going on in there. So how do you get treated without, you know, you, know, without, you, know, you, go, you go in with a slight cough, you come out with pneumonia or something. I mean, it, it could be just that, it sounds crazy, but you know, you normally go to a medical facility to get better, but in this present state, you might go in there and end up catching something. Okay, um, Sam, you you mentioned that you had some discomfort with receiving medical care because you know that in the Philippines, some of them are are, are not educated the way that we might be educated in the medical field uh, here in the United States. Do you um, do you have any? Do, we we also talked about the fact that the medical industry is is basically a business. Do you have any discomfort receiving medical care from um, from these big hospitals, uh, say a Mount Sinai or a Columbia Presbyterian or something like that? Um, I haven't been there, but I would definitely choose 
the US, the UK, and Australia in terms of medical uh, medical practices. Um, Interesting that they were all former English colonies. Yeah, well, we all just happen to have of the best quality in the world. Um, you'd probably be able to throw some other European countries in there like Switzerland and, and, and Germany, but I, I don't have any experience with those guys, so I, do, I don't know, but I, I hear they're okay too. But uh, yeah, Southeast Asia, things like that, they're substandard. Uh, they're training a substandard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's, uh, you know, I'm asking. I got to chime in here one more time. I'm sorry about this. Come on, but, Evan. Uh, come on. But Go I'm, ahead, I'm Evan. telling you, I'm telling you that. I, I I'm fortunate that I haven't had to to interact with the you know the medical industry a, a ton, uh, but the best experience I've ever had in a hospital was in Thailand. Uh, it was it was a walk in the park. I, I walked literally. I mean, almost literally. I I walked in and they gave me a little like RFID card, and I just made my way through the hospital and everywhere. There, it was it was almost empty. I felt like I was the only person there. And I would just scan my card wherever I went, and they would let me in, and then, and I was in and out, and it was it was a it was a very easy, straightforward, and affordable process because I didn't have insurance at that time. Uh, awesome. No, I, I, you and, had, and, you and had I, a technological experience in the hospital. This is what you're. I had, this I, is what you're saying. Great, you're grateful for. I'm saying that the entire process, you know, the the red tape, the bureaucracy, the the treatment, everything was easy and straightforward. And and in America, I I haven't had to interact with with hospitals in America that much, thankfully. Uh, but I, you know, certainly that those aren't the stories we hear. And, and even I, my, I can't really compare my American experience cause it happened at like five in the morning, but like it, it just, it just seems to me that, that it's not accurate to, I don't know. Like I would be happy to go to, to a hospital in, in, in Southeast Asia, in the Philippines or Thailand. What, what I'm, what I'm noticing though, is that no one is talking about Cuba and Cuba is renowned for their medical care. And if I'm not mistaken is, uh, you know, Venezuela was doing the oil thing for a while. And so they were sending the oil to Cuba and then Cuba was sending the doctors to uh, Venezuela. But now that we don't have to deal with the whole Hugo Chavez situation, why are we not talking about Cuba with this whole pandemic? Sam, you've lived internationally. Why are we not hearing Cuba as part of the conversation? Well, I I haven't been here for 20 years, but the best I can say is that it's just a different country, it's, it, meaning socialists and and the, the issues between the two countries. If I recall correctly, and I wasn't even here for it, but I think Obama tried to open up the, the channels between Cuba and, and the U.S. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did, right? And Trump closed it. Trump closed it. it. Yes, okay. he did, sir. So, I mean, yes, I'm not really sure of the, the issues. Maybe I'm the wrong person to ask on this one. Okay, let's move it over to Evan. Evan, what? Why are we not hearing? We're we're talking about the Philippines, but we're not talking about. I, I love that question. It's a good question. Why aren't we talking? Well, nobody seems to understand the question when I'm asking <laughs> it. So I'm wondering if I'm crazy. Cuba, it Cu but please, Evan, Cuba please is renowned for its medical care. They, I don't know if they've offered it up to us in this specific situation, but but I believe in the past Cuba has made offers. That Cuba did treat 9/11 responders after 9/11. Uh, it was a little bit of a stunt. It was like a Michael Moore thing, but it happened, right? Uh, you know, it, it, 
why why don't we accept care from Cuba if if offered? Uh, obviously, it's because because of this government and because of its antipathy towards towards what Cuba represents. You mean this, this administration? administration yes, I think is what yes. You're and yes. and what Cuba okay. represents, which is socialism, which is which is anti imperialism. Uh, you know, th- this Obama did open up uh, Cuba. He he resumed flights to Cuba, if I recall. He he opened the embassy in Cuba, I, I think. Uh, and then yeah, and then it was one of the first things Trump did, which was shut that down. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's ironic because in most uh, in most African and Caribbean countries, they're known for their homeopathic herbal remedies where. Um, they're not so, and I'm saying this as a person who's hearing this second or third hand, not as someone who's been there. So Nyerka can probably chime in a little bit better on this, but they're sort of known for coming up with their own ways of handling medical situations like this. I'm told that there's a cure for HIV AIDS in the Amazon, but we hear about the Amazon is burning. Uh, we we're also being told of, uh, uh, you know, the, Australian fires that were burning before. And, and it seems like our, our world is self-destructing. Um, Brian Parker, I'd, I'd like to ask you, mm-hmm. when I mention Cuba, mm-hmm. what, uh, what do you think their role should be in this global pandemic? Well, you know, piggybacking off of uh, what Craig said, I totally agree that um, their role should be as, you know, we're fighting a, a global um pandemic. So it's going to take a global response. You know, it's not America only um, that's being affected by this. So if Cuba has the ability to assist us with um, uh, folks to be able to come in and help our medical teams and everything else, we should be very open to that. I don't think that we're at any kind of point or um, if we're uh, too prideful or just, you know, too stubborn to believe that um, we don't really need any help from the outside world, and we're fooling ourselves, and that's just going to possibly get even more people killed. So if Cuba is able to help, um, by all means, I think we should uh, allow that to happen. We should allow that to happen. Has anyone taken the initiative to ask them? Nobody knows. Well, we get press conferences talking about, you know, Reporters are stupid and my ratings are up and yours are not. So, I mean, who knows? When we we ask factual questions, we don't seem to get answers for it because asking questions is probably, um, you know, not a good thing unless you are right-leaning publication. Uh, Yes, yes. Um, Sam, I'm going to let you have the final word on this because – the schism between uh, the Trump administration and Cuba means that we're not utilizing all of our resources right now. And I would just like to know, as a person who feels that Trump is doing a good job, why don't you give a final thought here? <clears throat> you you kind of made it specific. Brian was more, more on point by saying that this is a global issue and should be handled with all our global, it is a global yeah, issue. so therefore right. it should be handled by all of the global friends, allies, not so allies, whatever it may be, but definitely it's a it's a global yeah. issue. Um, I think that maybe you're just waiting for me to say something like he's doing a great job and and he's accessing all of his resources and whatever, whatever. I'm I'm still leaning on I'm still leaning on what Brian said. This is a global issue. It needs to be handled 
with global with global efforts. So yes. Right. But regardless of how the question was asked, the fact the question still remains. Trump has closed a door, which right now should probably be knocked on to ask for additional resources. And this is a person that you say you're willing to vote for again. And so your thought is what in relation in regards to Trump with Cuba? Look, you have to ask Trump. I don't know why if he's not accessing Cuba, I don't know why why that is. But you would also have to say, you know, con- uh, appropriately, he's probably not accessing every country in the world anyway. So you could probably pick a few other countries and ask the same question. And conversely, you'd probably be able to ask the, the uh, administrations of those countries why they're not accessing others as well. It's just going gonna, gonna to happen organically. You, you, you really can't point a finger in this one. Um, well, I think that we have to acknowledge the fact that we're not we're we're not utilizing all of our resources. Uh, we're okay. Can we're you name a resources? With, uh, can you name a resources? A resource. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, Sam. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that I'm wrapping this episode up, um, but we're not utilizing all of our resources because the United States is not fully prepared. And uh, hospitals are still asking for supplies, so we're, we 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 have more resources out there. We're not utilizing. Um, I have to sign out, you guys. I'm going to thank Craig Schley for being with us. I'm going to thank Brian Parker. I'm going to thank Enrique Encarnacion, whose Wi-Fi is in and out, unfortunately. I'm going to thank Sam Cuchera. He was our sleeper cell that piped in there one minute before we needed to sign off. And I'm also going to thank Evan Engel. Um, hopefully you guys will tune in tomorrow's program where we will discuss judges, attorneys, and the real estate industry turmoil on Verbal Assault live stream. We are over and we are out. Every day fly